A book called The Lightless Sky tells the story of a 12-year-old refugee from Afghanistan called Gulwali Pasarle. The strapline of the book says, a 12-year-old refugee's extraordinary journey across half the world. The book opens with 12-year-old Gulwali alone in an overcrowded, unstable boat, which is trying to reach Greece from Turkey in the middle of a storm. The following extract is from the prologue of the book. Again, I cried out for my mother, far away in Afghanistan. I was a lost little boy about to meet his death in a cold, foreign sea. Before getting on this boat, I had never seen the sea before. The only knowledge I had of it was from pictures in school textbooks. The reality was beyond the wildest reaches of my imagination. For me, those waves were truly the entrance to the gates of hell. The author, Gilwali Passerle, was born in Afghanistan in 1994 into a reasonably well-off family. His father was a doctor. And he spent much of his childhood happily in the hills with his grandfather, looking after sheep in a nomadic, kind of semi-nomadic lifestyle. The Taliban were in government at the time and conditions were strict and punishment for crimes or alleged crimes was often brutal and public. When Gilwali was seven years old, he remembers running into the house to find all of the village leaders in his home listening to the radio because news of the September the 11th attacks was coming through. In 2005, as a result of the war that followed those events, Gilwali lost his father and his grandfather. And soon after that, he and his brother and his family started to come under pressure because the Taliban wanted he and his brother to sign up as suicide bombers to avenge their father. And that's something he didn't really want to do. His brother didn't want to do it, and his mum didn't want them to do it. But it was becoming clear that they had a choice to make. They could either sign up and do it, or they could be killed themselves. So their mother gathered together all the money she could get and managed to do a deal to send the boys off to Europe in the underground smuggling ring. And as she got them towards the car to bundle them off, what must have been heartbreaking for her, she gave them two final words of advice. She said that they were to hold each other's hands always and that they were not to come back no matter how bad things got. Within a day, the brothers Gilwali and Hazrat got separated and they both had to make the journey alone. And Gulwali had to rely on the kindness of strangers he met along the way to stay alive. A year later, traumatized and depressed after a harrowing journey, Gulwali arrived in the UK in the back of a banana lorry, a refrigerated banana lorry. Luckily, the fridge hadn't been put on, so he survived, otherwise he wouldn't have made it. His trials weren't over though because he had to struggle then against the immigration system and um, that was very challenging for him because he was also trying to adjust to the culture which was very different to the culture he had come from. But again, the kindness and generosity of just a couple of strangers that came into his path was completely pivotal for him. First, it was a teacher at a school for kids who had arrived recently in the UK who just went above and beyond and really took him under her wing. And secondly, it was foster parents who took him in and just nurtured and loved him. And he thrived under this encouragement and he went on to get 10 GCSEs and three A-levels and secured a place at Manchester University to study politics. 
The welcome of a stranger can be completely pivotal when you're far from home and you're alone and you're scared and you're a bit lost. And the Bible has a lot to say about welcoming the stranger. The passage we read today begins by telling us that the Lord appeared again to Abraham at the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And from this opening line, we know that God has appeared to Abraham before and now he's appearing again. So there must be a reason why the writer of Genesis is including this episode in the story. He wants us to see that God's appearing in a particular way, in a particular place, at a particular time. So Abraham's at the door of his tent in the heat of the day, having a bit of a nap because he's waiting for it to cool down where he can possibly go back and do a bit more work. And he notices three strangers, the three men standing nearby. It's pretty clear from the text that at this point in the interaction, he doesn't recognize or know who they are. Travel in the ancient Near East was dangerous, especially for lone travelers or small groups who would have been vulnerable to attack from robbers. But it was a semi-nomadic lifestyle, and so travel was also unavoidable. And so hospitality and welcoming the stranger was part of life, not just because it was a nice thing to do, but because people actually relied on it to provide them with food and shelter and protection. And so there was rules and customs around hospitality, and they were highly evolved, probably more evolved than we have today. The first rule was that as a potential guest, you were never to ask for hospitality. And so if you wanted to be invited to go to someone's home for food and shelter and protection, you had to go and stand nearby that person's home and wait for them to come out and invite you in. And so God could have shown up to Abraham in any way that he wanted, but he chose to work through the customs of Abraham's world. And the reason for that, of course, is because it was very symbolic. And that's what the writer of Genesis is wanting us to understand. And what the original readers of Genesis would have understood was that when strangers receive hospitality, they go from being a potential threat and an unknown to being a guest. And when guests are treated well and food is shared, as is the case in this passage, Abraham gives his best to these guys and is a real example of how to do hospitality well when that happens both parties are blessed and the guest becomes a friend and so what we see in the passage is that the covenant that God had made with Abraham took on a new dimension in this story because now it wasn't just a legal contract and it wasn't just a promise of future blessing and protection from God but it was also a relationship a covenant relationship See, all the other gods at the time had to be appeased. It was all about what you could do to please God and how you could ascend to God. But what we see in this passage is that Yahweh is the God who comes to the strangers, who comes to humanity, who had been separated from him through the fall to form a relationship. The custom of the time also dictated that the guest would finish the meal by sharing good news with the host. The good news for Abraham and Sarah was that even after all of the feelings with Hagar and Ishmael and after all the waiting that had happened and after all human hope appeared to be gone, a son would be born to them in the natural way that time next year because nothing is too hard or some translations say too wonderful for the Lord. 
The good news for us today is that through that son that was to be born to them, generations later, Jesus Christ would come to the world as God's full and final act of welcoming the stranger. Fulfilling his promise to bring blessing to all the families of the earth through Abraham. And so it doesn't matter how far we are or how far we feel from God or how far we feel we're estranged from God because he's come to us to find us. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't ever have to be strangers to God again. And so the offer that we find in scripture from Jesus, almost at the other end of scripture in Revelation says this, Jesus says, look, I stand at the door and knock and if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And all anyone has to do to inherit that promise of eternal life and forgiveness of sins is to welcome Jesus in and share life with him. He does it all. We don't have to bring anything to the table except faith to believe that he's enough. And so that relationship and that grace that we're extended through God should and does change and transform our lives. And we become people who are overflowing with thankfulness for what God has done for us. And from that place in our hearts, we begin to want to welcome strangers and others who we would love to come and meet with God because we know that he wants to meet with them. And it's not just to be nice, it's to truly love our neighbor as ourselves, knowing the fact that as we do it, and bring blessing to those we welcome, that it'll bring blessing to us as well. And that's why the writer to the Hebrews says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some have done this and have entertained angels without realizing it. So how can we extend hospitality and generosity and welcome to strangers here in Bangor as an expression of our faith in God and our thankfulness to him? Well, I'd like to suggest two ways. The first way that we can do it is corporately, as a church together, in that we can pray together and always ask God to continue to make Bangor a welcoming place for the stranger and to actually help us as a church fit into what is already happening in Bangor to welcome strangers. And that's something we need the Lord's help to do because we want to be able to offer people friendship and help in this time. Another thing we do corporately as a church is a compassion ministry. Um, myself and the team, led by Karen McConnell, have had the privilege of being able to stay open over the last 18 to 20 months to serve people from all backgrounds in Bangor with clothing and food and prayer and signposting. And we try to do all that in an atmosphere of dignity and respect. And as we've blessed others who have come for help, we too have been blessed so richly through doing that. And honestly, it really is so exciting what the Lord is doing there. And he's leading us and showing us how to follow him in these things. And we're not entirely sure always exactly where we're going with it, but there's a sense that the Lord is on the move. He's brought about so much already in 2022 in terms of inter-church connection and cooperation and relationships being built with other organizations in the town who are all working together to welcome the stranger. Because being a stranger isn't just about being in a new place. It's people who have been here their whole lives as well. 
The Lord's been leading us and helping us to get organized with our systems on the ground as well in Compassion. And we've come through some major changes in the last six to 12 months. And these changes mean that we can now handle more donations, which is what we really need to do to glean the clothing that we need to be able to offer the items that people are looking for. In the past, stock control has been an issue. And so we're streamlining our offering towards good, everyday, practical items of clothes. Things like jumpers and hoodies and t-shirts, coats and tops and jeans, tracks of bottoms, trainers, all that sort of stuff. And in total, we're building a system where we'll have close to 1,500 hanging items on rails in the stockroom. And really, if that system is working properly, we should be able to offer clothes to absolutely anybody that comes and be able to see nobody go away without something that's practically useful to them. We also have baby bundles of uh, baby clothes and bags which are bracketed, sort of divided up in three-month brackets, so from not to three months up to 30 months old. And that's just so that we can kind of hand a bag over to a mum and say, this is for your child for the next three months and come back to us when you need more. Some items are donated more frequently than others and some items we get just aren't really suitable for the ministry. And so we've begun working with a clothing recycler who takes and collects the clothing we can't use. And what they do with it is they grade it into shipments and it gets shipped out to developing countries underneath a scheme that is to promote trade and not aid. And from that, we benefit with a small income from the clothes that we send off. And we use that money to buy clothes that we don't often get donated. Things like guys' tracks at bottoms, because I think guys must wear their tracks at bottoms till they absolutely disintegrate, and then continue to wear them for another six months. And we never get them. So we have to buy stuff like that. And there are some items like that we want to offer new, not secondhand. The Lord really is leading us on a journey and what we're doing is encouraging and we are seeing that more and more people are coming for help and linking in with these other organizations has been a great blessing. But we also realize that we're just scratching the surface. There's so much more that we could do to reach out and to seek to offer help to people and to say to people, you're not a stranger. We are with you. And what we're saying with that is that he is with you. To support the ministry, you can donate clothing or by checking the weekly update, you can see the items that we need every week, um, things that we're not getting in on donations and you can buy those if, you, if you're able and, and donate them and that would be greatly appreciated. You can also uh, volunteer with the ministry. You'd be really welcome in any time that you have to give. There's a load of different connection points throughout the week to be part of it. We recently received a, a donation from Hamilton Road Presbyterian Church who had a collection for the ministry and they sent us 130 bags of clothes at which the team nearly fainted. But uh, we've had some help and we're going to have another big sort day and thank you to everybody that's taken part in that um, to help sort through those clothes and get what we need from them. So there's many different ways to get involved and all you really need to be is available and willing. And so drop us a line if you'd like to come. The second way I'd like to suggest to you that we can extend hospitality and generosity and welcome the stranger as an expression of our faith and gratitude to God is that we can do it personally. We've talked about doing it corporately, but we can also do it personally. And this is probably the most challenging thing. It's so important that we respond corporately but personally is actually the thing where real transformation will happen in our lives and the lives of those people we come into contact with. The thing that I've been really challenged about recently is this, 
if I want to welcome strangers, if I want to really be open to welcoming the stranger, and in so doing bless them and receive blessing from the Lord, but if somehow deep down inside me there's a part that's reserved where I'm saying, I'm not really going to open my life to you, and you're not really going to probably come to my home, or I'm not going to spend that much time with you, then there's a glass ceiling on my welcome. And actually the people I'm welcoming will sense that really quickly. The thing that made the difference for Gulwali was that some people stepped across the line and took a risk and shared their lives with him. Not just in a one-off kind of interaction, but in an ongoing way, supporting him and encouraging him every step of the way. And I believe that this is the place the Lord is calling us into. But to be honest, I don't know what it's going to look like. But he will guide us. And we need to exercise wisdom and be careful. And we're told in scripture to be both as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves as we approach those things. And those customs of hospitality in the ancient Near East would have provided for that because you could observe a stranger to make sure they weren't a threat before you invited them into your home. So wisdom is important. But we also need to walk by faith like Abraham did. So often we prejudge people and put them in a category, but perhaps we need to go past that because every person is unique and every person is made in the image of God, whether they know it or not. And the more we go beyond ourselves to welcome the stranger, the more we'll enjoy deeper fellowship with the Lord and the more he'll work through us and the more we'll see transformation happen all around us. Jesus says in Matthew 25, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When do we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Let's pray. So Lord, just um, thank you, Lord, for the Immerse series and how it's leading us to go through maybe bits of scripture that we don't read all the time. And Lord, how your word is living and active and it challenges us in the here and now, even down through the centuries, Lord. It's so relevant. Lord, we do pray for the strangers who are coming to this town, who have their own stories, often stories of hardship. And we pray for people who feel like strangers in this town. Lord, we pray that the strangers would find a welcome. We thank you that that's already happening and we pray, Lord, that you would bless the organizations who are seeking to reach out and bring healing and hope and restoration to people. And we pray for your church in Bangor, Lord, that we would be united together to point people to you, the source of all transformation. Lord, thank you that you've welcomed us in. Even though we were strangers to you, you've called us home and said that we are no longer strangers, Lord. So thank you. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.